sure I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Washington Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the Director of Scouting for TSN. We'll be along very shortly. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 21, where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. And we are proudly broadcasting on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Give them a follow on Twitter at UFS Network and check out www.uffsports.com for more information. If you have a fantasy sports podcast, uh, they would love to hear from you. Uh, we would love uh, for you to join us here on the network it is absolutely so much fun Uh, today's episode is going to be a lot of fun as well last week it was the uh, nhl bloodlines edition today it's the under 18 edition because our good friend craig button uh, will be calling the games with brian mudrick Uh, uh, brian mudrick will be doing play-by-play and craig will be providing uh, color analysm or be be the color analyst rather and uh, i can't wait to see uh, some of these players you know some of these players that i will be definitely looking at drafting in the ufhl draft and nhl teams are obviously getting to look at some of these players and this has been such a strange year for uh, so many different hockey players particularly the prospects here are some of the players we're going to be chatting about today francesco pinelli a forward uh, who played in the Alps AHL. And I didn't know about this league until Craig told me. Uh, Ruby ISS scouting grabbed this guy at $65. So a nice price to pay pay for that NFT as a guy who uh, you'll find out where he projects, uh, whether he's a first-rounder or beyond. Uh, So Ruby ISS hoping that pays off for them down the road. Brett Harrison uh, played uh, for Kuvi U20. Uh, he's with uh, Spitfire Scouting. They claimed this NFT for $35, winning him in the auction. And we'll tell you uh, how this forward will work out uh, with Canada, where he expects to fit in with uh, Team Canada, as well as moving forward. And Connor Roulette, Prestige Worldwide, just $30 they paid for this prospect. And, you know, if Connor Roulette uh, has a really strong tournament and shoots up the rankings, that's going to make Prestige Worldwide uh, some good coin for sure. Uh, Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline. Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports is the future. Check out the brand new website, www.uffsports.com. 
dot com uh, you can become a scout you can track the same players that craig button does in this format you own the game so get in the game scout real world players and then sell them to fantasy franchises and when i say sell you could make some good money uh, you know two guys uh, just spent ten thousand dollars u.s on a expansion franchise in this league so there is a lot of money to go around and if you find the right prospects you could be getting some of that money for yourself as well as the prestige of being a scout on this platform. All right, speaking of scouts, let's get to the president of high-level scouting in the UFHL and the director of scouting with TSN, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Okay, Craig, uh, the world under-18s are just about upon us. They uh, start next week, and I know you're going to be there, part of the broadcast on TSN, so I can't wait to see you calling uh, those games uh, with your crew. Who are the the crew that's going to be with you at the U18s this year? Well, Brian Mudrick is going to do the play-by-play, and uh, he's done it for the last number of years, and obviously the voice of the Montreal Canadiens on the regional Mm -hmm. Habs uh, broadcast. But, uh, you know, a real strong history calling the tournament and, and, and great excitement uh, having watched the having seen these players uh, and and knowing the tournament really really extremely well so it's always a lot of fun and you know and what you're looking at Dean is real straightforward you're looking at the future of the NHL that's what you're looking right. at and uh, that makes it exciting as well you know we you, you can look and you can say geez uh, you know Dylan Holloway signs his first NHL contract you know he was at the U18 and Cole Caulfield ha- has the record for most goals tied with Alexander Vetcher for most goals in, the, in, the, in a tournament he's ready to turn pro or turn uh, be an NHL or Spencer Knight who just won his first NHL game on Tuesday night like so mm-hmm. that was the future a few seasons ago and this year will be the future in seasons ahead. Yeah, indeed. And uh, Muddy is a great guy. You know, it's funny. Brian Mudrick, Jamie Thomas, and I all worked weekends at the same time in Edmonton. So uh, there was a few late nights after our newscast that we would go out and, uh, you know, research and uh, and compare notes after doing the uh, weekend. So you're in really good hands. Uh, Brian is uh, truly, like you said, a great guy and, and a lot of passion with his college. He's worked really hard to get to where he is. Oh, he sure has. And- like you said, he simply terrific. There's no other way to put it. All right, so we're going to get to some players uh, for Canada that are going to suit up for uh, their their respective country at the U18s, but just who are a couple of players, a few players that you're looking forward to seeing that are 2021 draft eligible that that won't be wearing the Maple Leaf? Oh, I'm not looking at any other players other than the Canadian players. (laughs) Are there any other players that play the game outside of Canada? No, there's not. No, no. Well, I don't think there is. I mean, you know, <laughs> I got asked a question uh, the other day, uh, like, you know, do, do you just look at a specific region 
uh, like, you know, in Canada, one province over another. It was, it was around the discussion of Patrick Marlowe. And I said, well, I guess you can, but just understand that you're going to narrow yourself down into no, 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 to nowhere where there's just not enough players. So you, you have to have a worldwide view of this, and certainly uh, that's what the draft does. I will say this, Dean. Next Tuesday, uh, Canada is going to play uh, Sweden. And my, my, my estimation of that game is that there will be at least 12 first-rounders in that game and maybe 14 or 15. Wow. Because, you know, I can, we'll, we'll, we'll go through some of the Canadian players, but, you know, Dobby and Lysel, Simon Edmondson, uh, Isaac Rosen, uh, really Simon Robertson, really, really good players. You know, William, William uh, Stromgren is another player that's right there, probably on the cusp of the first round, if not clearly in it. So I just named five Swedes. And I think there's eight or nine, maybe 10 Canadians that fall into that category. And, and you know, so you tune into the game next Tuesday with mm. uh, Canada and Sweden. It, 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 it becomes quite impressive uh, with respect to, uh, you know, the quality of talent, the quality of player that is going to be available there. And, you know, when I guess it's not fair uh, to, to, to not talk about the, uh, the Canadian kids, but we're going to talk about a couple of them on this show here. But I mean, of course, and Suleiman's is a first round pick and Brant Clark is a first round pick. And, you know, there's no question that those guys are going to find themselves. Cole Sillinger's a first round draft pick, you know, Carson Lambos, uh, mm -hmm. and, and his health situation is, a you know, he got hurt in the Regina bubble. So he, he's a little bit up in, up in the air as far as I know at this point in time. But, you know, we're, we're talking the first round of the NHL draft is going to be on display. You know, that could, be, that could be just about half of the first round in one game. In one game, you tune in and you can see half of the first round. Pretty uh, impressive is what that, I would say. That is going to be awesome. And, and one of those guys that uh, we're talking about today is Francesco uh, Pinelli, uh, a forward, uh, who is playing uh, this year uh, in uh, with uh, Jessenis in the Alps AHL. I, I don't exactly know where that is, but I do know uh, that uh, Ruby ISS uh, snagged this NFT for $65. It's interesting, his brother Luca, he's already listed on the platform by Brennan Kopp, so uh, UFFS scouts get to these guys years before the big leagues do in, in all sports, but uh, we're talking about Francesco today, and these three guys that we're talking about today will all be in Texas, so I want to ask you, what should fans and scouts be watching for with Francesco uh, wearing a Canadian uniform at the U18s? Okay, I'm going to take one step back to just tell you what the Alps Hockey League is. Yes, please. So it's 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 a it's it's a league where you know uh, uh, Austrian players play, uh, you know some 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 German, some Swiss players. The Swiss has a really good junior league, and 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 what's happened is is in that region of. of around Austria, Slovakia, uh, you know, in that area, Hungary, you know, there's, they've created this Alps Hockey League where uh, players in that area can go and play and, and the competition is, is pretty significant, uh, you know, for, for that region. 
and if you go back to the World Junior Tournament and you look at Austria and you look at players that played uh, and where they played, a, a number of them were playing in the Alps Hockey League. So to, just to give you a sense of where that league is from. So there. <laughs> now, uh, let's go on to Francesco Pinelli. Uh, so, so what, you, you know, you always, uh, it, it's always an interesting question when you ask me, what can, what, what can fans expect? He, here's, here's a little way I would reframe that in my own words, is what can fans look for? Mm-hmm. And what you're going to see in Francesco is, is a player that's, that's really a, a, a player of, of, of really good, smart, playing in all areas of the game. There's not this flash to his game. There's not this, uh, you know, end-to-end rushes or this, you know, this brilliant standalone skill. But, you know, he he, he gets himself invested in, in, in the game with the puck, without the puck, offensively, shooting it, defensively, defending hard. And he has a real, uh, what I would call a real, completeness to his game and you know how, so how many times dean do we talk about players oh they got to work on that with a play without the puck yeah all players have to work on their play without the puck but francesco is a player that seems to have that part of his game just a little bit more advanced a little bit more developed and you know for that reason what you can look for is a player that that, that dave Barr and the coaching staff are going to be able to use in a lot of different scenarios penalty killing key defensive zone face-offs, you know, offensive zone play, holding the puck, possessing the puck, being a, being a player that the opposition is going to have a tough time getting the puck from. And he, he may even be a player that they swing to the left wing. And this tournament is really uh, interesting as well, because when you get the best players, sometimes you got to take those players and have them play in different positions than the, what would be considered their natural positions it's another challenge for the scouts you're assessing players perhaps not in their natural position but in a position that they got to play on this team and and, and that's just another uh, you know aspect of, of evaluation for this tournament but you know you, you when i've watched francesco you, you continue to find yourself uh Geez, who made that play? Who started that play? Oh, mm-hmm. where did that play emanate from? And, you know, it circles right back to, to Francesco Pinelli because he has a, a lot of those elements in his game that are really important to success. And not just for the team, but when you look at where other players are able to have success, you see a player in, in Pinelli who can contribute to that. So a, a really smart, competitive uh, well-rounded player is, is what I would suggest you can look for from Francesco Pinelli. Uh, you mentioned uh, being able to, you know, work on your play away from the puck like every player has to do. And, and every player probably can always improve, maybe other than that McDavid guy and a few others, but on their skating. Uh, what do you like about him getting around the ice? And, and maybe what should, uh, you know, scouts in the UFHL that are looking at this player uh, be watching for when he is uh, skating up and down the ice? Well, you know, I'm going to go to the second part of this, too. And, you know, when you ask me about the UFHL, what they should be looking for, and you mentioned Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is a better skater today than he was when he was in his draft year in mm-hmm. 2015. And he was an exceptional skater. So, you know, you, you say that, but, but it's, it's because every single one of these players in the draft has a, 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 a road of, of improvement ahead just simply because of maturation. 
simply because your body's going to be able to uh, have more strength. And with more strength, you're going to have more power. And with more power, you're going to be able to skate faster. You're going to be more explosive. You're going to be able to shoot the puck harder. Connor McDavid, it was really interesting in his draft year, uh, Dean. You, you know, he, I, I think I marked his shot as a 2.5, which is average. And, mm -hmm. you know, how can I suit? Well, because he never had to use his shot because he skated around everybody and he found his way uh, in and around the net to score goals. But as you move to the NHL, you know, you, you develop your shot. You understand how your shot can be more effective and, you know, work with your skating to keep defenders at bay. You watch Connor McDavid shoot the puck now. Connor McDavid has a very good shot. It was always accurate, but now it's quick and now it's off his stick. And, you know, I, he talks, Connor does, talks about being with Austin Matthews in the summer, working on the release. So, you know, Connor McDavid's all of 24 years of age and he's still improving. So these players, just with maturation, are going to improve. So when he asks me how he gets around the ice, uh, Francesco Pinelli, that is, what I would say is his, his skating is is good very good i don't think it's going to ever be outstanding and exceptional but if, if we look at skaters in the nhl how many exceptional skaters are there mm -hmm. in the nhl there's connor mcdavid and there's nathan mckinnon and there's and there's a number of them i'm not trying to but you know where you fall in there's different if francesco pinelli skating was on the connor mcdavid level we'd be talking about him in the top three four picks in the draft right. <laughs> but it isn't so that's where he sits, but it, 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 it's one element. And, and then you ask yourself, what's the element in that regard? How does it impact the rest of his, of his game? How does it fit in with the, with the hockey sense? How does it fit in with the puck handling skills and, and, and the different elements? It's never about one skill. It, and it never can be about one skill. It's got to be the skills within the entire uh, uh, package of skills and the, 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 the array of skills. And uh, you've heard me say this many, I, I see a lot of players that are great skaters that go nowhere fast mm -hmm. and they get someplace that has no meaning and other players that might not be around, but not, might not have as much flash or as much dash, but boy, they're always right in the middle of things. They're always in the right places at the right times and you can't check them and everything. And so I, I, I would suggest that Francesco, if I was, uh, you know, projecting him, I would project him as probably uh, 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 a number two uh, at best center, and, and 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 at the very and at the very least, at least is probably not the right way to put it, but a, a number three center. And mm. you know, I think that the, the the qualities that he brings to the game are are, are of NHL caliber and. I think the approach he has to the game are, are ones that are desirable to NHL teams. Yeah, and I look at a, a prospect, and, and as long as you tell me a certain skill set isn't going to be a massive detriment to his development, I'm okay. And you can you can work with a lot of things like that, right? So where do you see, is this, you know, you mentioned a lot of first-rounders in that game next Tuesday. Do you look at Francesco as being a first-round pick this year, a top-nine forward uh, for a team that could possibly play in the top six? Well, I do. I see him as a first round draft pick. I, I like, again, like, I don't know where he fits. Like, I see him as an NHL player. And mm -hmm. I, and, and you're, you're drafting guys that have, have, have a, a greater indication of NHL potential than less. And the players that don't demonstrate or haven't been able to demonstrate to the same extent as others, 
they're the guys that get drafted a little bit later uh, in, in the draft, whether it be the second or third or the fourth round. Players like Francesco Pinelli, they've demonstrated more of those attributes, which to me makes them first rounders. He, he, he like, he, he, to me, he's not a top 15 pick, but mm -hmm. he might be shortly there right after. So he, I'd see him as a second half of the first round based on, based on, uh, the other players that, that, that I feel, uh, you know, have a little bit better potential. There we go. All right, let's move on to uh, Brett Harrison, a forward who played with uh, Kuvi, the U20 program uh, with SM Sarja. Uh, Spitfire Scouting has this NFT for $35. And uh, we'll start with the same question. You know, what should scouts be watching for with this player at this particular tournament? Well, a, a, a good, solid competitive winger. And, you know, you know, Nick Foligno got, got traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs and there was a lot of talk about what, you know, what's Nick Foligno? What, what type of player is he? You know, what, where, where does he fit in on your team and, and, and everything that goes with it, right? And nobody brings up scoring. Nobody brings up high-end uh, offensive abilities, but they talk about how a player like that can help other players, you know, you know, get opportunities and get space and, you know, how you have to be smart to be able to play with those types of players. And that's Brett. Brett is, he, he he's going to play, uh, you know, in traffic. He's going to be very good in the body-on-body -body battles. He's going to win loose pucks. And when he gets those loose pucks, he knows what to do with the puck. He's smart. He's got good hands and he knows where uh, the play needs to go to next. He knows where he needs to go to next to make an impact. And he's, and he's, and he's really, really competitive. And so when you start to look at a player uh, of that ilk, like I see him as a, as a player that will help others, you know, uh, produce offense, but he himself is, I don't see him as a big offensive producer. I see him as a, as a player that's, going to and and maybe Nick Felino is the is the right comparison for him uh going into this draft because he has a lot of those elements and he has a lot of those qualities that make good teams better and make good players even great players a little bit more comfortable playing knowing that they're going to get some space carved out for them and the battles that they're going to go win for the puck they're going to receive the puck in the right spots and you know, those are those are players that I call, uh, you know, important for your team and important for your other top end players. And that's what I see in Brett Harrison. Yeah, sounds like a really balanced two way forward that maybe isn't going to, uh, you know, tee him up from the top of the circles or undress guys. But, uh, you know, could be that third assist, you know, those guys that really do so much of the work on the play, but don't get as much credit or, you know, get get some goals uh, the hard way. I'm, I'm trying not to sell his offense too short, but um, do you see him as that type of player that's going to be uh, uh, involved in the play, but maybe doesn't get as much credit on the stat sheet? I, I, I'm really happy you, you, you brought this whole, to, to me, you, you brought this all together here, okay? So number one, you say I'm not trying to sell his offensive uh, capability short. What you have to do in scouting is sell the player for what he think he can be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times teams, NHL teams make this mistake all the time. They overproject a player. They, they look at a player and say he can be this. And instead of just saying, hey, listen, you know what? This is what he is. That's the essence of scouting is, is seeing things 
that are clearly of NHL caliber and then saying, this is what he can be really, really good at. And we're going to be really, really happy with it. Dean, you've watched junior hockey forever in a day. How many 50 point uh, 50 goal, 50 goal scores in junior hundred point scores in junior that were that good in junior never couldn't score 50 goals in four seasons in the NHL. It's dotted, right? So a player like Brett Harrison, it's not a knock to say he doesn't have offense. It's not a knock to say you're like you're not trying to. It's just being accurate in your assessment. And and then to the second part of your your comment, which is really important, is there's other elements. And 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 I use the quote: everything that matters can't be measured, and everything that's measured doesn't necessarily matter. And you better keep that in mind when you're because there's a lot of players that are do nothing, you know, uh, put up numbers or goals and really don't help your team be very good. And there's other players that might not put up the same numbers, but are really important to your team's success. Yeah, those uh, 50, 60 goal scores, 120-point guys, <laughs> leagues leagues are full of them around the world that are not called the NHL. And they were good junior players, uh, but yep. just did not, uh, tra- you know, transform that or, you know, take that to the next level. And so that's that's just a situation that is always important for, for people that are judging players to not just go by the stat line uh, because a lot of junior, not all junior programs or, or college programs or whatever program a player comes from are, are equal. So when we talk about Brett, is he knocking on the door of the first round? Is he in that top 40 for you? Is he outside of that top 40? What do you think? Oh, I I, I would probably say that he is, uh, I, I don't see him as a first round draft pick, to be straightforward with you. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he won't be. So he probably fits. Like if I and, and you've heard me say this, and it's never wrong to continue to say it, and I won't hesitate to say it. You know, I, I really believe players in the twenty-one to forty, forty-five range are all the same player. Right. And we know that the thirty-third player won't be considered a first-round pick, and we know that the twenty-fifth player won't be considered a second-round pick. I put them all in the same category. They're all the same. A team could pick a player 42nd and you'll hear about, we had him rated 22 or we would have taken him in the first round. Right? Like, and, and so that's where I put Brett Harrison. All righty. Well, Craig joins us every week, courtesy of the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Scouting is a huge part of the platform, and it's the lifeblood of franchises in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. You aren't just scouting fantasy players. You're real-world scouting, and those players get auctioned off by franchises, and you get the glory, and you get the cash that comes with it. You can be an independent scout. You can form a partnership with an existing franchise. Check out www.uffsports.com, brand new website uh, for all the information. Uh, Get in the game where you own the game uh, in the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports platform. All right, let's go uh, back to the World Juniors a little bit, but talk about a couple of guys not eligible for 2021. We're going to get to Connor Roulette in a second, but... 
Connor Bedard, speaking of Connors, uh, there's a lot of Connors on this show today, 2023 eligible. Do you see him, you know, this is a guy who's just tore it up in the Regina bubble, exceptional status uh, for people that maybe don't know. Do you think he can play a top six? Can he play a top three role on this team? Or does his age and, and maybe lack of experience, for a better word, prevent him from uh, running up that lineup? Where do you see Connor Bedard fitting in on this team? <sighs> I have to tell you why I'm laughing, right? Do you know why I'm laughing? No, I don't. Because you you played the card that I always laugh at, right? You go, because of his age. Okay, if you want to look at his birth certificate. Sure. If you want to look at his height and weight, okay, go ahead. Make your judgments, okay? Like, Dean, Dean, he, he was one of the very best players, if not the best player in the Regina bubble. And you're asking me if he could play a top six role on this team? You ask me because of his age, will he be pushed out? Only if only if people want to be stupid. Only if you want to not put your good players out there because you're looking at a birth certificate. Connor Bernard's a top-notch player. Full stop. Like, do, do I expect him to be a frontline player for Team Canada? Yeah, I do. Him and Shane Wright. Because they're that good. They're, they, they are smart. They are competitive. They understand how to play the game in all its matters. And quite frankly... I don't see very many players that are as gifted or as talented as them. Dylan Gunther qualifies. Okay, who else up front? Oh, maybe nobody. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take it that uh, you think he can play that. And you, you mentioned Shane Wright, and uh, certainly uh, high-level scouting is really excited about Shane Wright because uh, he's in the stable of uh, players that we think could go first in 2022. And uh, Duckman's domination, uh, if we're in that bubble, will be bidding on that. Now, he hasn't played all year. Do you temper expectations for him at the start of this tournament? Do you, do you think he'll be able to uh, you know, come out with some exhibition and some practices and, and be right top-notch? Top-notch, no question about it. You know, like... You may not have played games, and that's certainly the case with Shane Wright and, and, and some other players, but you're working on other areas of your game, and, and, and you're preparing, and you're, and you're training, and you're, you're working on different elements outside of playing games. But, you know, when the players get back out on the ice, and they practice, and they get back into the rhythm, and they start working on the, uh, the precision of their game, and then they start playing the games. I don't think it'll take Shane Wright very long, if long at all is the right word. I think it'll take a very short time to get back up to speed. When I was in the World Junior, uh, uh, not the bubble, but in Red Deer prior to mm-hmm. prior to uh, the World Junior when Canada first started, I, I was really interested to see, Dean, you know, how long it would take the players to get up to speed, so to speak. And I remember watching the first drill the very, very first drill uh, in the day, and there was no dip in a toe in the water, and Shane Wright was right in the middle of it. He, he, he was doing a, a, a back pressure drill, and he was right fully invested on it. There, there was no lack of competitiveness because the competitive fires that these players have are, are always burning. All you got to do is just turn up the burner when you put them out on the ice, and, mm-hmm. and, and then they start to burn hot. And that's exactly what it is with Shane Wright. And then as I watched him over the time there, I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about other good players and we know what ended up happening with the, with the quarantine and, and everything that happened and it impacted Shane and, and some other players. But he, he's, he's a top-notch player. He, he, he's, he's exceptionally gifted with his skills. His brain is, is absolutely one of the very best uh, the, 
right now in junior hockey anywhere of any player of any age. And so when I watch him and think about him coming to this team, uh, I have no question in my mind, not zero, nada, that he will be a frontline player, an important player. And I'm not so sure he won't be the captain of this team. Hmm. That's awesome. I'll tell Trish. She'll be really excited about that. Uh, well, okay. he was a captain at the U-17, Dean. Right. So at U-17, he came to that tournament. He was 15 years old. They have three teams in Canada, 63 players. And they, you know, they have Shane was the captain of his team as a 15-year-old at the U-17 tournament, which is 16-year-old. He was a year younger than everybody. And it goes back to what I said about Connor Bedard. If you're a leader, you're a leader. Mm -hmm. And doesn't matter what, what your birth certificate says. If you're a top-end player, it doesn't matter what your birth certificate says. It says you, you go and demonstrate through your actions where you fit and how good a player you are and how good a leader you are. Connor Bedard is a top-notch player. Shane Wright is a top-notch player and a top-notch leader. So when I say like he very well could be the captain of this team, it, it's not because he was given exceptional status. It's because he's an exceptional leader. You know, and, and it kind of reminds me of a story you told one time uh, about the Brooks Bandits bringing in, uh, was it Corson yeah. Kuhleman where they were going to bring Sulemans. him in? Yeah and, they, Sulemans, yeah. Corson, yeah, and they said, this is a young player. And, and all the players were like, yeah, if he helps us win, who cares? And I guess that's the mentality you have, especially in a short tournament. I don't care if you're 6'10 or, you know, four foot two. if you're 15, if you're 17, if you're 18. If you're going to help us win and you qualify for the tournament, you're going to be a, a valuable per, part of that team. And that's, that's what athletes at that highest level and that all athletes should be thinking of. Well, Dean, how, how, how often do we hear the word culture we got to create a culture we got to create ryan papawano who's been in brooks for a long time general manager and coach like i'll tell you what when you you know you have the right culture you know that you have built an environment that is all about excellence when number one the coach isn't just uh doing things without input from his key players in his leadership group but you, he also knows that the leadership group is going to be honest with him and they're going to offer an opinion that allows the team to be the best they can be. That's, it was great. Okay. You know, Corson Suleiman's was there. They won the national championship, which was, which was wonderful. Right. But Ryan Papuano and the players that he brought in there have created that environment and that culture. And that's, that's when, you know, you have success when they go, yeah, we know it might be difficult, but if he gives us a chance to win and we know that he does, we'll, we'll deal with the other part of this. That is what teams in, in any sport are trying to do. Brian Papuano has done it exceptionally well in Brooks. Indeed. All right, let's get to Connor Roulette, a forward with uh, Seattle in the Western Hockey League. Uh, this NFT was uh, bid on and won by Prestige Worldwide at $30. And uh, when you look at the, the, the U18s and the lineup, uh, you know, what kind of a player? Is this a guy who might play a similar role he does in Seattle or maybe a different role than he does in Seattle? Well, in Seattle, he, you know, he's played in different spots, you know, around the lineup, up and down, through through different areas of the team. And, and, and so right away, that's versatility, right? That's mm -hmm. ability to adapt. And uh, playing for Team Canada in any international tournament, you, you want players that not only are willing to adapt, but are capable of adapting 
because they understand what, what adapting means in terms of what they're going to have to do in those different areas. And certainly Connor, uh, you know, qualifies in that regard. You know, when I look at Connor, I, he, he's a player that I think can go down the lineup and forecheck and be a catalyst type player. You can use him in penalty killing situations, you know, ask him to contribute some, some offense, you know, from that spot in the lineup. And, you know, I, I look at like Connor Zary. Connor Zary, mm. who I love, uh, is just such a good, smart player that to me, you can play anywhere. He was a top scorer in the Western Hockey League. And, you know, then he goes to the World Junior team. And, you know, all I know is this they kept finding a place for Connor Zary. Why did they keep finding a place for Connor Zary? Because Connor Zary showed that he could play wherever you needed him. And I, and I think Connor uh, Roulette. Uh, has some of those similar qualities, you know, and, and for a coach, he gives you that comfort that, okay, we can put him here. He, 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 and, and keep in mind, Dean, there's a lot of players that say, yeah, I'm willing to do it, but do they embrace it? Do mm -hmm. they get invested in it? I don't have any question that Connor uh, does get invested in those different areas. You're, you're in your draft year and, and, and uh, the players want to just, they want to be at their very best every single shift, every single game. And, you know, that's not realistic as well. And, you know, play, young players have to be forgiven of themselves. You know, you didn't have the best game you had. That doesn't mean you're not going to be a good player. But at the same time, you know, recognizing and being comfortable with who you are and just say, this is my game. Either you're going to like it or you're not. You're going to pick it apart or you're going to love the different areas or the different parts of it. I try to say to and express to young players, you know what? There's always going to be scouts that like you. There's always going to be scouts that don't like you as much as other scouts. Don't worry about it. Just, just play your game. That's easier said than done. But that's the advice I try to, uh, you know, convey to the young players. And because a lot of players are, oh, I got to score. I got to do this. I got to well, yeah, okay, some scouts are only going to recognize that that's okay. But does that mean that that does does that mean you're not going to be a good NHL player because you didn't do mm -hmm. it? No. And and other scouts are going to recognize it and celebrate it and that's what you're trying to do is is show, you know, the real the real significant elements of your game that will allow you to be an NHL player. I think Connor is a is is a two-way uh, forward that's going to play down your lineup. Uh, you know, I don't, he, he, he's another one that needs that physical maturity and everything that goes with it, but like all the players, but, but I think his skill set is one that says, okay, I'm, I'm going to play a little bit deeper in the lineup, but what I can do can be, can be significant, uh, can be a significant, I can be a significant contributor to the, to, to the team and help them be successful. All right, I'm, I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but it's story time with Dean now, and I'm going to take you back 20 years here to two guys that played on the Red Deer Rebels on a championship team. One was Boyd Gordon, one was Joel Stepp. One of them had a pretty good NHL career, uh, and, and Brent, I remember Brent Sutter telling both of them, if you play this way, you can further your career. And Joel Stepp had all kinds of speed. You know, yeah, I think did. maybe he tried to be a bit more of a goal scorer, where Boyd Gordon just knew what his niche and, and what his effectiveness was going to be. And sometimes players put themselves in round uh, holes as square pegs. And, and Boyd knew what he needed to do to get to the NHL, and he got there. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for Joel as much. And it just kind of goes to show you that once you figure out what you do well, that's probably a, a faster path to, the, to where you want to get to, as opposed to trying to be something you're not. 
Well, Dean, perfectly said, and, and, and there's, you steal my thunder when you speak that eloquently and so perfectly, <laughs> steal my thunder every single time because uh, it, it's very well said. You know, it's really interesting too, uh, like I, talk, I go to the U-17, every year I go to the U-17, there's over 100 kids in a particular birth year, and they've all been drafted in the, in the CHL, first and second round picks, maybe some later round picks, not very many, but, you, you, and I go there, Dean. And I can tell you this, I go there and I can, if it's 105 or it's 100, I can tell you why every single one of those players was drafted high in the CHL. I can tell you why. It's very obvious why. But now what you got to do is, is you got to adjust to a higher level. You got to adjust to playing against older players under more demanding circumstances. And what gave you success to get to that point? It could be great skating. It could be great offensive ability. It could be uh, size and every one of those things. But the challenges now are going to be different and they're going to be more significant. And how you adjust to them and how you recognize, okay, that's something I used to be able to do. I'm not going to be able to do that here anymore. And players struggle with that. Dean, you know, when you have coaches that can impress upon you what your uh, strengths are and what can be developed, it's not that they're trying to tell you not to be something more or not to expand your game, but you can only expand your game once the strengths and the foundation of your game are in order. And, and you got to bring those every single game. And for, for players, it's not it's not that they're stubborn or they don't want to do that, but that adjustment, that progress of understanding, okay, this is my game. Maybe this is what I did really well previously, but I can't do that forward. That's all part of the maturation. And some players take a little bit longer to get it. Some players never get it, and some players get it really immediately. But but again, it's just I can understand when you've been so good at something for so long and trying to adjust to it, mm -hmm. that can be a that can be a difficult challenge. Yeah, and those other leagues we talked about before are full of those players as well. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, it's it's you know, and and a lot of NHL guys they get to the NHL and then they have to adapt as their career. You know, Brent Sutter even had to adapt as his career uh, changed as well. So it's always a learning process, I think. And I always learn so much on this show from you, Craig. So thank you so much. I look forward to hearing you and Muddy on the World U18s next week, and we're going to chat with you from Texas. I know you're going to be so happy to go back uh, where you won a Stanley Cup. The only thing better is if you could wear a Michigan hat while you're there as well, and maybe we'll see that. So I definitely want you to have a lot of fun, and I can't wait to chat next week, Craig. Hey, hey, I can't wait either. And I will have a Michigan hat on next week with my Stanley Cup ring. Come on. I love it. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. That was fun, and uh, if, if you were uh, unclear, uh, Craig thinks Connor Bedard's a pretty good player and will be on this team as well. Uh, but you know, there are you know, it's 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 good um, to 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 discuss those things. You know, does a guy uh, that's that young 
um, if he can help uh, not just fit in anywhere. And, and, and if, you're a, if you're a team sport athlete, you shouldn't care who gets the glory as long as you get the championship at the end of the day. And, you know, we've uh, had some examples of that as well. So I did story time. Most of the time, Craig does story time. We'll do that at the end of this season uh, after the draft. Uh, we'll do story times and scouting trips. So you can email me for that, tracking the draft at gmail.com, and you can uh, join in the fun with this show. All right, that is going to wrap things up for another episode, but I want to direct you to uffsports.com. It is the future of fantasy sports, so make sure you check that out and get in the game where you own the game. Also, I mentioned we're broadcasting on the UFSN, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. This show, as you know, comes out Wednesdays. Friday, we have UFHL Now. UFFS podcast every second Sunday, fantasy hockey time soon to be wrapping up and we'll be morphing into a baseball show and two minute Tuesday with Darren Bates. You can find all of that on the ultimate fantasy sports network, YouTube page. And if you're looking for other great shows, check out podcastalley.ca, track of the draft page, as well as other fun podcasts that you might enjoy. You can also get in touch with me there on Podcast Alley if you'd like to join the show as an advertiser. For Craig Button, I'm Dean Millard. This has been Tracking the Draft, where the stars of tomorrow are discovered. Have a great week and enjoy the U18s. (laughs) 